So Kevin McCarthy, huh? Oh my God! <laughs> you know, I honestly, I was thinking of that um, uh, of when Andy was on, and he was making the comparison between Colbert and John Stewart, and how they handled um, uh, Novak, mm-hmm. uh, and how he had was having health issues, and that's why he wasn't paying attention when he hit the guy. I was honestly wondering if maybe he had a stroke. Uh, this Kevin McCarthy. And that's no a really noticed. good thought. Like I sincerely wonder that, like, did because like aphasia is a thing. Right. Um, I get it when I'm tired enough. <laughs> he, he must. Uh, he must be. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I feel like I don't know. He must be smart enough to know that what's coming out of his mouth doesn't make any sense. That maybe he's just maybe. paralyzed with fear that he knows he's out of his depth as far as the the substance of the content. So he knows he doesn't really know what he's talking about, but he knows enough that like Hungria is not a place. <laughs> um yeah i i uh i kind of wonder if that was done for sort of the alliterative uh, aspect because all four of the countries he went to were ias right right yeah, and i wonder about that um so you think that he's struck a, me he's a poet he's he's thinking about the verse and that yeah so yeah I'm, I'm trying to like piece together what might have happened there so if this is in the show uh, we should explain sure. that uh, Kevin McCarthy is a uh, – I believe he's the uh, majority leader right now. He is uh, the majority leader and he's apparently in line to be the new Speaker of the House. Correct. In um, America. Presumptive in America. Speaker of the House. Presumptive, presumptive Speaker of the House after John Boehner steps down. So uh, he – and I, I just saw this. You just sent me the link, and I just yeah. saw this because I don't the watch – Rachel these- Maddow – Rachel Maddow had a, a, a bit on her show about it. He gave some speech at some event. I don't know what the event was. It is. Um, it, it looked like it was a, essentially to showcase his gravitas. Like it was like a stump speech, yeah. kind of kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, long and the short of it is that a lot of it made no sense. Not just in the usual sense of two liberal guys talking about a conservative saying things that don't make sense, uh, like "Oh, the war in Iraq didn't make sense." No, like things that literally made no sense as far as like English syntax. Yeah. Um, and the correct choice of, of words that belong in certain sentences, it, it, it was as though it were poorly translated from the Japanese, perhaps. But but to English and to Greek and to French and to German, yeah. back to English and Japanese and English again. Um, it, it was like it was worse than anything like Rick Perry has ever done. It was worse than anything it was, George W. Yeah. Bush has ever done. Oh, yeah. I was actually having that thought. It's like, you know, wow, you're making Bush sound really kind of articulate. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's like misunderestimate is like uh, poetry. Right. Well, you know, the thing about Bush uh, and, you know, I come back to this with some of the other screw ups that say, you know, Jeb might make. But George W. Bush, at least when he would screw up or say something stupid, he would just totally own it. He would either laugh at it or he would be proud of it or, he, you know, he'd swagger yeah. about it, you know. Yeah. So at least he had that going for him. And we're talking about a low bar at this point. Yeah. Bush was like. I know I'm stupid. Fuck you. I'm exactly. in charge of the country. But this like, guy, yeah. McCarthy, is trying to really, you know, he's yeah. trying to 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 showcase himself as a as a leader on the world stage. Now, if he's going to be the Speaker of the House, he's going to be one of the most important and influential people on the planet. Yeah, and, third in line for the presidency. Yeah, um, and so I'm trying to piece together how this could have happened. How And I don't know anything yeah. about whether his previous speeches are like this. I know very little about him, except I've always kind of viewed him as, you know, a frat boy, more or less. A frat boy who got elected to Congress and uh, somehow was able to ride this kind of hard right 
wave. Um, I um, I have not heard. I mean, I'm not in your country, but I am aware of your political structure. Sometimes, possibly more than I should be when I should be paying attention to my own country's. Well, we're a great danger to you, so you should know about us. Yes, uh, the line I've used. I can't remember if I've used it to you. It's like. You know, the, why do I care so much? It's like, well, if I have a, someone, a, a drunken neighbor across the street waving a gun around in his front lawn, I should pay attention to that person. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've never heard of Kevin McCarthy um, prior to today. Uh, he was kind of buddy-buddy with Eric Cantor. He was part of this wave of sort of youngish uh, conservatives that that came into Congress, and and they were and they actually had a had a name for the little group. They were they were the Young Guns. Guns. I think that was a reuse of a name. I mm-hmm, think. I think mm-hmm. other people have been young guns. Before. I want to be clear. They were using that unironically. They were. The, you're talking about the cast of the Emilio Estevez movie, right? Like he was. Kevin McCarthy was like beside Emilio Estevez in that right. poster, presumably. Exactly. Yeah, he was in that film. Yeah, often forgotten. I think he died early <laughs> in the film. Uh, I believe his character's name was Short Bus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Drop the Yeti. I'm, try- I'm trying to put together how this could have happened. Let's assume for the moment that he does not give speeches like this on a regular basis, that this was an aberration. So I'm trying to figure out how this could have happened. This kind of uh, um, a, a babble of nonsense could have occurred. And, you know, I don't know if he read it wrong. I don't know if it was uh, uh, written this way. Like, was was the text in front of him, uh, whatever it was, the band of the place of America or whatever the hell he said. Um, wh- I'm trying to piece together how this could have actually occurred. And it just kind of went all the way. Like, there at no point was there any kind of indication oh. that he thinks something is wrong. It, he just he's no. just going. It actually kind of when the band. I don't even know what the band of uh, of America means. Right. I mean, some of the other parts of, you could uh, say. Well, I know what he's trying yeah. to say. This I had no clue. Yeah, I kind. It actually kind of sounded like. I wonder if he read it. And this is. I have a, a another trailer park boys joke about this, but a, a sincere interpretation first. Um, I wonder if he was like dictating to like a Siri or a dragon or whatever, and then didn't check it after. Oh. Because if you do that. Right. And it sounds then like I sent one something to Maddie. I was trying to say something about um, I'm using the British Siri voice right now. Uh, yeah. Just to try that out. And and um, I asked Maddie a question and she responded with no. And I had Siri say it and it just said no. And it was like and I, I using Siri said, oh, it's Siri just sounded like it was unfathomably sad. And, and the response <laughs> was something like Siri's unfathomable sadness something 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 and she's like and she asked me if i was high <laughs> and it's like did did someone like dictate but not proofread and that's a real that's a good theory you know, or hypothesis um, anyway but that was the other thing did, did he just like is he is he really is he tripping balls here because <laughs> it was too it was too stayed it was it was too um like he wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. He was just reading the words and just going. Yes, that is definitely true. I mean, I, I think yeah. that that much is true is that he wasn't really that, that he was given this. I think. Yeah, I think mm. we can assume that he was kind of handed this. He may have looked it over once very briefly, but this this felt like puppeteering more than anything else, which yeah. you would know something I about. Four yes. of those words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the, and and this happens sometimes, you know, particularly when they're trying to like angle a certain particular person for uh, congressional leadership that may not check all the correct boxes. They just kind of put some stuff in front of them and put them at a podium. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. This is just another example of uh, the the right wing and the and the Republican Party as a whole. They're just getting what they what they deserve. They're getting what they asked for. You know, they they appeal to the lowest possible uh, common denominator upon, uh, among a certain portion of the electorate, and they get Trump, and they get Kevin McCarthy as their Speaker of the freaking House. It's mm-hmm. it's astounding to me. Like I never would have thought this would have happened. You know, seven or eight years ago. It's just it's it's mind blowing. <laughs> I mean, I knew things would get bad. I didn't know they would get this bad. It, no, it's so far outside of, like you said, it's it's the level of Bush or Trump gaffe or even Biden, you know, mm-hmm. when he says something silly. you you under, Or Palin, I guess, would probably be a better. Yeah, yeah, example. yeah. She says stuff. You know what she's saying. And she's still – she's smart enough to know that she's doing something weird or whatever. But this is just confusing. It's exactly. just, it doesn't even, it's like that you're not even wrong kind of line yeah, of thinking. Yeah, it's one of those, he thinks he's doing something else. And that's um, what bothers like, me is that he doesn't seem to, there's no clue in, I, I see no glimmer of recognition in him. Like he's just kind of dead. Yeah, it's like if you get your five-year-old to dictate uh, like describe, you know, what you're going to do when you're president. That speech might be similar, and there will be grammatical gaps and lots of legi- uh, well, leaps of logic. Um, <laughs> it's spreading. Yeah, the McCarthyism yeah, yeah. is spreading. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you would expect that of a five year old, not of someone who's graying mm-hmm, and who mm-hmm. is uh, in the Senate or wherever, who who supposedly is an adult. You know, you know, this makes me think of. Uh, we, we keep the saying, end we, times, Paul. Does it make you think of the end times? Yeah. Well, that uh, that's always on my mind. That's always there. <laughs> so I'm watching this. Um, I'm just changing topics now. Please go ahead. Because um, that seemed like that was uh, crashed to the earth. I, th- uh, I think we covered. Feel rod spent or whatever. Um, watching this sort of, I guess I don't know if it's a YouTube original thing, but it's um, uncharted territory. Not uncharted, but uncharted okay. territory. Um, this series of at least three 20 minutes, I'm not sure if there's a part four, um, of interviews with people who made Enterprise, the most recent uh, actual oh. TV show. Okay. And it was recorded fairly recently, I think, judging by Scott Bakula's hair. Mm. Um, and it's really quite interesting because you're, you know, you're um, a Trekker. Would you go for Trekker or Trekkie? Oh, Trekkie, because it sounds sillier. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, um, I would go for Trekker. Simply, technically, that's the newer term, and I was not a fan of the original when the original was out, and I was more of a fan of TNG anyway when it was out. So, I think I'd just be more generationally appropriate. Anyway, it's really interesting. They're quite um, um, uh, hard on um, themselves. And yeah, they've quite not honest. been. Yeah, they've not been kind uh, in in interviews that I've read and things uh, but uh it's very very um uh, the word of the day always being unvarnished um mm. and brandon braga especially mm. um being very very you know honest and everything and also um because <laughs> i'm facebook friends with rob sawyer who i mentioned and if i've told you this part before i apologize for the repetition yeah, right. i don't really listen so go ahead that's cool he's <laughs> i i don't listen to myself either um and anyway he was like he um 
uh, Rob Sawyer posted a link to it, which is how I saw it. And I was just saw part part three while I was um, making dinner um, tonight. And um, and then Brandon Bragger responded in the like I commented on it, and then Brandon Bragger also was like, "Oh my god, that's just depressing." And it was like, "Holy crap!" I mean, the part of a conversation with Brandon Bragger, he didn't respond to anyone else. He just kind of came in and left. But it was still this kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you generally don't interact with like like I mean, Rob Sawyer is well known in a lot of circles, so that's. The, the entry, but I was like, wait a second, <laughs> you're Brandon Braggett. That's holy shit. You know, that's like, cool. Because it was, you know, it takes a lot of guts to be, you know, owning up to the mistakes. Also, then we're just saying like this sucked, but like we, we did a, we didn't do as good a job as we could have. Yeah. And that kind of thing, which cool. was quite interesting. Yeah. So it's uncharted territory. Um, and it was pretty cool. Was there a particular thing that you were, that, that, that was of note to you? Well, there was one thing that I think I'd heard before is at a certain point, because that show was a UPN show, and Voyager was UPN also, uh, and I don't think UPN exists anymore. I think that's... No, it doesn't. It's the CW now, yeah. CW now? Anyway, um, they... um, they got they hadn't got notes for a while. They had, they were kind of in a privileged position because it's Star Trek, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, and then there was like... um, executive turnover a lot because that apparently is a big thing in that industry uh and then there ended up being a bunch of people who are like screw you we're gonna give you notes because why the fuck wouldn't we give you Hmm. notes kind of thing and one of the notes they would just give like insane notes down to like the verbiage and you know prepositions i think was one of someone said really Uh, yeah but but so uh bragging i think it was just bragging saying it but that one of the notes was that they every week they thought they could have a different band on the show on enterprise what? Like a musical band. What? Um, yeah, as like a promotional thing for like a boy band that they would have had a contract with for like a record deal or whatever. Oh, my God. And they were like, well, how how would you get there in space? How would you get them on the band? Now, to say nothing in the future. of the fact. Yeah, the, yeah that, that would actually be my biggest problem. <laughs> Unless they're just playing. I mean, I guess they could be playing a, a recording of them. Um, but it's like, how do you get them on like the ship? They're in space. And it's like, well, the ship has a restaurant. <laughs> No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it has a. It does, I mean, it does actually have an area where they eat. So true, true. It's not a, a mess. Next gen would be better for that because yes, then they can be forward. like, yeah. Ten, well, not just ten forward, but the holodecks. True. But then you could also have. They did have movie nights as a recurring thing mm-hmm. on Enterprise, so they could, you know, they could have done it, but that would have seemed really shitty and cheesy. Why would you do that? Um, I mean, I know why they wanted to, but why would you do that? I think that you that's that's exactly why. Wow, no wonder <laughs> that show suffered so much cuz that boy, that show had some moments of brilliance but yeah. it Especially was just the end. Yeah. It just felt like it was like dragging a you know like a dead cow or something. <laughs> so, uh I wrote this one note down. Ah, yes. Um that I I had this thought cuz I watched last night, no, yesterday. Anyway, party yesterday, party today. Uh, the Terminator Genesis, the most recent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you seen it now? Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I enjoyed it. Are you a Terminator fan? You know, I haven't seen a Terminator movie since Terminator Two was okay. more or less new. So. Yeah, I haven't actually. I think I saw number three. I didn't see the fourth one, and I've never watched the TV show. But the 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 third and fourth and TV show don't actually relate. Um, actually, it's. I mean, it's a it's a start over anyway. It's kind of an interesting. The basic premise is like because it's all time travel as soon as you get back the first time, the other time travel events would have already happened. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, Kyle Reese goes back to save Sarah Connor, but other time travel has already happened. So the whole timeline is different by the time he gets there, mm-hmm. which it makes a lot of sense as a kind of sci-fi thing. Yes. Very confusing, um, though. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was great. I thought it was good. I mean, there's part. It could have been better. There's some parts that could have been better. Sure, sure. But uh, I enjoyed it. Um, Ed Arnold, though. Arnold's in this Ar- movie. That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, and he's just. He still, you still buy him as being this powerful robot, even though he's like almost seventy, because he's still, he's the oak. He's still a big guy. Very large. Um, that's what they called him when he was a bodybuilder. It's the oak. So, and then the thought had occurred to me that you know because he, he was the governor and everything, had he been born in, in the U.S., he presumably would have, or since he would have been eligible to run for president, presumably he would have run for president, and possibly he would have been, yeah, there would have been, or could be, or could be about to be. Certainly. Um, I mean, in some well, I guess he's also a Republican, so you couldn't have a Trump uh, Schwarzenegger like standoff in terms of like Republican Democrat. But yeah, but you know, in, they could be share, they in, there's some alternate reality where they're sharing a stage right now. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna well, I mean, they could be running against each other for the nomination, but also yeah, I feel yeah. like at this point Schwarzenegger is such a a leftward Republican that he would never survive a primary, even being even being Arnold. You know, maybe he uh, would have. 12 years ago or something but in the climate that exists now i think it would be very oh hard i think if sure if if he were able to and he stood up i mean just, it's just a simple thing of like how excited everyone was when he's take, he's going to be the uh, celebrity apprentice host right <laughs> uh I, people I think, love that man people love that man and he's he's uh he's he's an interesting person yes he is but um yeah i think totally if he was able to run he would people would just love him for it and i don't like it, they would like when people love trump for it but he's a horrible horrible person so i think <laughs> if you take away the horror you would then have still a bunch of that left for schwarzenegger you know what i mean like it would be like the the, uh, the allure of trump but not a psychopath yeah maybe there's there's something interesting about about schwarzenegger i can't quite put my finger on it but there but, there's an empathy about him you know that there's yeah. a it, it's it's it it's unexpected because he's, you know, the oak, as it were. Uh, he is this beast of a man um, mm-hmm. with, and to us, a, a foreign accent. You know, obviously, you know, well, Australia is not actually, foreign. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll get into that. But I, but I, but it also, I think it kind of hides um, whatever might actually be going on there. Because when he first said he wanted to run for governor of California ages ago, uh, it was like it was an absurd idea because you just have this car- this uh, a stereotype of him as kind of a, a dope, mm. like this jolly dope, you know, likable dope. And uh, that's obviously not the case. You know, no. I'm not saying that he's Einstein, but uh, he's obviously he's, not a he's fool. He's got like um... – he's a um, – I think he went to like – I feel like he went to like a business school, but he went – he definitely mm-hmm. – um... Uh, he was like a you know an accredited personal trainer and like he actually went to like school for nutrition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he actually he does know stuff, right? Well, clearly, but yeah. You, you wouldn't think that like yeah. There's that sort of the the cliche of the the uh, big things up and put them down kind of big big dumb job. Right, right. Um, Which then, I am very inclined to uh, uh, label people with. So it's very easy <laughs> for me. So I can just be like yeah. threat, non-threat, threat, non-threat. Uh, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Above me, beneath me. I hate you because you're beneath me, and I'm, I hate you because you're above me because I'm afraid of you. Um, but yeah, so so I had thought about like, oh, you know, president. If, if he was in the U.S., he'd be president. But then I thought actually, maybe that wouldn't be the case because I wonder how much of the appeal of him is wrapped up in his accent, which sounds That's a little a silly, perhaps. But back in '77, I believe. Um, when the Pumping Iron documentary came out, which is really what I mean, he'd already been in a couple of movies, but he that was the thing that sort of gave him a lot more public, like more mainstream stuff eventually, sort mm-hmm. of his entree. 
he was just this like you know terribly brash guy but this kind of eccentric character because he was this this crazy muscular german dude um and i wonder how much of that how much of the ethos because then is derived from that and then later there's the you know he becomes his own archetype for the action movie star and redefines that and everything but yeah. but he you know and then like uh, kindergarten cop plays against that and he's like i'm not a tumor but if he was just someone saying it's not a tumor it wouldn't like there's an inherent absurdity to that correct that, you know and so I, I i don't have an answer to that but i i wonder um because my the note here is does the voice make the man i kind of feel like it does and, yeah, and it's i think not- it a lot in a big way you know and and i think kindergarten cop and his his work in comedy films is is the perfect example of that because it wouldn't be enough if it were mm. twins with Danny DeVito and some other big guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are lots of other really muscular people. There are certainly bodybuilders who are larger than him. He is still essentially the prototypical um, bodybuilder that people still point to 40 years later. It's like he's the best ever. Yeah. Um, not everyone says that, but a sure. lot of people do. He's still he's still regarded as that. But there are still lots of people who have physiques very similar to what he had, or certainly bigger now. Certainly. Um, who are charismatic. Um, Lou Ferrigno, for example. Although accent. Um, that's true, but not, I guess that's true. There's more of a character. Lou Ferrigno is not as goofy or something. Um, but but you have, yeah, there's lots of other people who could fill the role in terms of who are smart enough and dedicated enough and everything. Yeah. But yeah, there's that extra little bit, uh, I feel like, it, which is not to denigrate his accomplishments. No. It's just that people love him because they also can they. It's like a. Do they think it's goofy? I don't know. Well, so I was just gonna. I was gonna make a Gangnam Style uh, comparison. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, it's okay, a, no. Go, I'll, you know let me hear. Song. It, let me you hear. Know it. Song. You know, you know the song. No, oh, no. Yeah. I'm not gonna sing the we song. We listen to it several times a week. My kids are big fans. Yeah. Okay. So most people don't understand any of the lyrics of that song unless right. they're from like Korea, wherever. Um, but the fact that he's that part of it is in English, like you like the beat, and then you can, it gives you that thing to hang on to, and like open mm-hmm. oh, style. And if you're like in the club or whatever, you just kind of sing that bit, mm-hmm. and you don't need the rest of it. So I wonder if like if that even though he's super talented and smart and driven and everything, the fact that he gives you that extra little bit of all of those kind of goofy sounding catchphrases and give you the chaba, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and all that kind of stuff, if that's that extra little bit that just knocked him over the edge. That's a good question because I, I think the it's not a tuma is the perfect example of that kind of thing would not be funny like you said it would not be funny if anybody no. else said it. it it would it would have to be that voice but uh, well it would be so differently funny like if Louis C.K. were in that role it would still be excuse me it would be a, yes, a very funny yes. delivery of the line but it would not be it wouldn't be you iconic wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to cheer him on right <laughs> and uh, but then you think of lines like you know to, they're funny now because they're so cliched like the I'll be back and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's three words. It's I'll be back. It's not an interesting phrase. Uh, uh, but but yeah. in that now, that's a different thing where in the context of the film, it's not funny at all. Right. No, but it's just cool. And it's a it's thing cool. you can, you know, it's quotable and, and not just quotable, but quotable and like um, imitatable. So you I have guess. to both you have it's, it's one of those you have to f- both respect him as an intimidating force yeah first like that has to be established first but, but then i think it's also because he has that voice that is kind of goofy that undercuts him as a menace 
or right. undercuts him as an imposing figure. Ah, so he's so just okay. a, he's a person like you're like, oh, my God, you're sadly the same height as that me. removes the alienating part. Yeah, yeah because if, if he sounds like an American guy with a big, tough voice that he's could be gonna a thing. beat your face in yeah yeah oh i'd never <laughs> thought of it that way that's kind of the way he becomes cuddly yeah it's kind yeah, of a, uh, a like, what to I us you, right <laughs> to what to us i want to say to us you know north americans it is a it is a very uh uh, uh what sort i'm looking for um yeah alien accent i, I best word i can think of right now there was also early on like he wasn't he gave it his all, but he wasn't as polished an actor, obviously. So sure. there's a certain charm to the kind of rough yes. stuff. And it was so er- – like there's a lot of earnest uh, – you know, uh, ness, earnest – I don't know why I had that. Earnest uh, – Earnestosity. Uh, ness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's earnest awesome. Um, yeah, the, like so there's that. Like he feels like a real person even though he's sometimes has been a very horrible human being. But um, <laughs> kind of by his own estimation. Right. Um, even going back to 1977. But uh, yeah, so I, that was something that sort of popped in my head. And then sort of a, um, a, a sort of adjunct to that is Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, and are you – you're more of a Star Trek person than a Star Wars person. But you're Certainly. obviously familiar with Star Wars and yes. you know who Darth Vader is, right? <laughs> yes. It's like I – yeah. I I've seen the films, oh, a few times. Yes. <laughs> so what I understand – um, well, I guess to, to back up slightly, because this is going to get a little yeah, more thunking around back there. I keep hearing like this thump. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got my arms on a table. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. It's a sort of heritage table that we have from Pier One and from like for like a decade, and it kind of creaks a little. Sorry. I, you know, I, I was going to say that's that's a Pier One table, isn't it? I could tell by the uh, <laughs> reverberation, by the, yeah. by the pretentiousness in the air. Yes. Um, the timbre <laughs> uh, of the receipt that you probably still have, asshole. <laughs> um, so, so Darth Vader, um, James Earl Jones obviously kind of makes the voice, and arguably, if David, uh, it? I actually wrote down James Prowse, but I think it's David Prowse. David Prowse, yeah. Oh, like, oh my, not eternal shame because I'm going to fix that right now. But David Prowse, um, who was actually performing in the suit, and who I believe in the filming of the first one thought he was going to be right. the voice because I think he was going to be the voice, and then they were like, "He just sounds like a cockney asshole." I think is what happened. Oh, interesting. But, but they could have always planned to replace it. I I can't recall off the top of my head. I didn't look it up. But anyway, so so had James Earl Jones not been, or someone appropriately deep, but let's say James Earl Jones not yeah. been pegged, I kind of feel like Star Wars wouldn't be the phenomenon that it is. Um, because it would still be visually amazing and, and all of those things that were like completely brand new at the time, also another 1977 era thing. Um, but I, I feel like the Darth Vader put it over the top because it was like such a great iconic villain. Yeah. Um, and if you take that away and you have, you know, you know, I was, I was going to just do, do a Vader voice, but if you replace a Vader voice with like, you're part of a rebel alliance and this is mm. shitty. You know, then you'd be like, eh, yeah, like a know. dynamic kind of uh, uh, villainy voice wouldn't it just wouldn't be as scary because I think what's scary about Darth Vader is uh, how unknown he is, like all the questions you have about him. This this guy who's in total black, who's completely covered. And if you give I feel like too much if you, if you give like an Ultron type voice to him, uh, yeah, then then you remove some of that mystery. But if you keep that sonorous, uh, 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 
deadpan's not he the word. He doesn't sound like for. anything else in the movie. No, also. like a very su- like- astoundingly stoic voice. Um, that means you know the times that he does emit even the slightest bit of emotion, it's far more terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're right. In contrast to you know the the opposite end of the spectrum, something like C-3PO, who is also similarly clad in the sense that there's no humanity there; it's just all metal and costume, right? But all but we mm-hmm. hear this kind of goofy butler voice from him, and we get the uh, the 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 Darth Vader. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not deadpan, but yeah, he's very flat. He's very restrained emotionally. Like I mean, yes, I think restrained is the right way to put it. Yeah, yeah. The, just they're just not giving up anything. And have you ever actually heard any of the audio with the David Price no, version? Not. It's just not impressive. <laughs> like I mean, they would have had to re- they would have had to ADR him obviously because he's speaking through a helmet, mm-hmm. sure. obviously. But it just didn't sound like compared to the two. It's like one has resonance and the other is some dude, admittedly very tall dude. Yeah, not that that really should fix anything. But so what? What if uh, what if they'd replaced David Price's voice with Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice? Um, I actually saw a video like that like two days ago. Actually, oh, somebody good. did that with Vader stuff. And it was pretty funny. Um, but so what's interesting about the, the Vader thing, um, in my understanding, and, and I find the background and the making of, the, of these things almost as interesting, if not more so than what actually makes it on the screen. Like the process is very interesting. There's my little brother who's a very big Star Wars fan, very devoted Star Wars fan. Is much more interested in finding out the minutiae in-universe, but actually doesn't give a shit at all about the making of and I find oh, that's yeah. so weird he just doesn't care because they have like these really neat books showing like here's like this archive you know information about like the making of the things and it's like yeah, I don't care I, I sympathize wanna... with that though because to me what's exciting about like Star Trek is the vastness of the universe and mm-hmm. and, and just uh, a kind of delving into the various relationships and species and governments and things like that I, yeah, I, I, I love also all like that stuff, stuff. Yeah, I also I, but like I care about that a lot more than I do uh, about the, the the making of the products, I almost yeah, feel like, like those are just like the dressing, and like there's a there's a platonic ideal core of what Star Trek is supposed to be, and that's and that's in sure. the minutia of the world. So I sympathize, right. I sympathize, right? But I mean, he like he's not like more interested. He just doesn't care about the behind mm. the scenes stuff like mm. at all. And yeah. I find like like because yeah, it's obviously like you, you want you should be focusing more on the front, but I just find you know the background stuff quite quite interesting. For example, from what I understand. Because um, you know the the original Star Wars script went through massive massive changes over the years, and, mm-hmm. and you can find copies of the script. And there's actually an eight part uh, Dark Horse comic um, that came out last year, if not the year before, called The Star Wars, because it was originally the movie was originally called The Star Wars. Interesting. Um, and it's it's a comic book adaptation of one of Lucas's basically his first draft, like his first completed draft. And it's quite interesting. I haven't read the whole thing, but like the first half is oh that sounds quite very visually, interesting. It's really it's really neat because like. Luke is a grizzled admiral and Anakin becomes his protege that he rescues and everything. And, and Vader is just a dude, not even a Sith, the Sith or elsewhere. The, the stormtroopers all have lightsabers on solo is basically a Wookiee, but he kind of looks like swamp thing. Like it's, it's, and you know, it, it's so different. Um, you can see where the pieces come from. And also uh, it's not may the force be with you. It's uh, may the force of others be with you. Wow, which is a yeah, which is really interesting difference. Do you know what this feels like? This feels like uh, when I was doing Shakespeare for a living, and the the various quartos and folios, and like, wow, the Hamlet does this in the folio, and he does this in the quarto, and it's really interesting to <laughs> yeah. parse out the difference. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But so, so Vader though was just a dude. He was just a dude. In the comic book, they sort of drew him kind of a Clark Gable-y thing with with some of the Vader outfit. But he didn't have a mask. He didn't have a helmet. He just was a guy with like a cape or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, from what I understand, during the the production of of um, not. Star Wars later A New Hope was that in this when they were prepping or whatever the sequence um, when they take the Krillian freighter and, and get Leia the stormtroopers you know they cross the threshold from the two ships and then someone said oh well Vader needs a helmet otherwise he's going to die going in space now never mind the fact that if you're going to board a ship like that you just put like a fucking you know an airlock and right. connect to you don't need to go in the in, in space so there's this, I think, misunderstanding of how that would work and actually how it was staged in the movie. Because in the movie, they didn't like come in through space. They just walked through a corridor, mm-hmm. which implies they did do an airlock thing. Right. But so he said, well, he needs a helmet, right? And so then putting on the helmet does a whole lot of things that changes the character and probably saves the character because, it, it you know, then he's all uh, all black and everything. But then, then it changes the 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 mythos of the character and changes so much because then it's like, well, he's in the suit and why is he in the suit? He's damaged and what happened there and the Obi-Wan fight and all of this stuff and it becomes Vader, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff is very interesting. But, and this is all my speculation, obviously. Uh, sure. Well, I've heard the thing about the helmet, so I've heard that a couple times. So I think that's true. So what that what I find really fascinating is what that seemingly misunderstanding or seeming misunderstanding of, um, of what you would need to do to board another ship mm-hmm. results in the ability to dub in, to remove David Prowse and to put James Earl Jones' voice in. Mm-hmm. And so that one misunderstanding probably cemented the movie yeah. as the blockbuster. It, it's hard. Obviously, we can't know for sure, but it, it is hard for me to imagine Star Wars landing the way it did without that voice. Yeah. I mean, it would still be like visually really cool, but there's so many things that are visually really cool. I mean, it would have still been much visually more interesting. God, I'm just speaking horribly. I'm being a real Kevin McCarthy tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would still be really interesting and it still would have been new and fresh because ILM doing their work and everything mm-hmm. would have still been the same. But yeah, there's that extra little bit, much like uh, the Java, you know, it just wouldn't have been there. And I, I can't imagine it would have had the same lasting impact. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, how is the original uh, uh, trilogy marketed, I mean, it's usually marketed with the with, with Vader, right? I mean, yeah. you don't put Luke's face up there or Han Solo's face. You've got the Vader mask. Yeah. You've got the, 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 the breath. You've got, you know, the the the, uh, the Vader march, the bum, 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 bum. Like, yeah, that has to be anchored. That. Right. I can do that forever. No, I, I won't. But I could. You may. Um, um, <laughs> but you ha- that has to be anchored in something. It has to be anchored in that voice. Yeah. If it's a if it's a you know jaunty villain, it 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 doesn't have any weight. Pip it, Bean. Going to kill you. Okay, so um, our uh, our our listenership is. I'm just looking Ooh, at this up now before we go to the next thing. Um, now there's clicking, but right now, but that's because of my keyboard. That's okay. That's acceptable clicking. Hopefully, my internet. There we go. The browser's still. So, because we're up, because I pay still a fairly obsessive amount of attention to the the daily stats. So we're actually we're higher than we've ever been. We're at two fifty two for the week. Great, right now. Um, and we have been for the last couple of days. We sort of went from our average pre Andy average of about one fifty daily. We're now at today we're at one ninety four, and yesterday we're at two hundred. Mm-hmm. So we gained like upwards of fifty daily subscribers right now. That's great. 
and we've been kind of static. So that's pretty cool. So normally what happens because the weekly accumulates over the course of the week. So on a Sunday, it's highest, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not the last seven days. It's sort of a weird oh, amount of, saying, of yeah. daily plus. So, so like it'll – it's sad. If you look at it like Monday morning, it's like 150. Oh, see, I didn't realize that's how it was working. Okay. Yeah, I've paid a lot of attention to this. Good so generally with our normal numbers, Sunday night we'd be at about 235 or whatever. So we're now at like – Post Wednesday numbers or post, um, uh, we were at when Sunday numbers on Wednesday, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Which is a weird way for to put it, but anyway. So we, we got like an extra thirty or forty. That's good. People. So look, look, you know, listeners, all two hundred, some of you, listen up. Two fifty two. We, yeah, we're not doing this, you know, for our own shits and giggles here. We're doing it because we want we want people to hear it. I mean, we have egos. Uh, we need validation from larger numbers of people so you should be sharing this podcast with uh the people that you love and the people that you only like a little bit you should be telling them about it and uh you know if you want us to expand into a big uh thinkery network right uh where we're hiring other hosts and we're uh doing video podcasts and we're doing live streams and uh we're and, and then eventually you have your thinkery conference right where mm-hmm. you get, you know, uh, famous uh, 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 speakers and uh, uh, workshops from uh, you Think know. On. Yeah, we could call it Think On. There you and go. Then over time, we get it in different countries, You've and eventually, it. we go to Italy, and then we could have Think On It. That is so good. That is so good. <laughs> so, listen, folks, um, you need to obsess about how well we're doing as much as we're obsessing about it. You you need to be there for us. Uh, Alternatively. So- if you don't like the show and you want to inflict it on someone you don't like, share it. It's all the same to us. Because if they like it, um, well, it would work against you, but they probably won't like it. And mm-hmm. then uh, you'll get – stick it to them for whatever you need to stick it to them for. Yeah, yeah. All, so, the numbers don't tell – you know, they don't tell us of whether whether they're thumbs up or thumbs down. We just know their numbers and that's all we care about. Yeah, whether you're listening to us out of enjoyment or you're hate listening to us, mm-hmm. um, you all show up with the ratings just the same, That's which right. right now means nothing because we don't have sponsors. But we, you know, but if you want us to have sponsors, I know what you, I know what the listeners want, Brian. They want yeah. us to have ads. They want so they the show skip. to be laden with ads. <laughs> they want they want to have to skip half of the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because we coyly just slide in, <laughs> just slide in the ads. And you don't even know what's content and what's editorial. It's just, who knows? Help us break through the ceiling, guys. We need to get to the ceiling so we can start reading ads at you. You know that's what you want. <laughs> this rant about Darth Vader brought to you by Thinking. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you don't know what Thinking is? Oh, I thought you. <laughs> Geek, I like thought you said Plinky. I was like, I don't know what Plinky is. Like, you just invented uh, like no, a no, new no, startup. No, <laughs> no my uh, uh, I'm sure actually I didn't, and that name is taken because I'm sure all startup names are taken. Yes, but um, no, I said Think Geek. Think Geek. Yes, no, but yeah. that would be an excellent. Can you imagine that would be a great sponsor? Think Geek. Mm-hmm. You you should be sponsoring our show. For those few people, and I almost literally mean those few people that you want to reach. <laughs> and haven't yet reached. And haven't yet reached. Um, it's a hell of a Venn diagram that we're drawing here. <laughs> Lots um, of very small circles. You need to really you yeah. get, you get a little uh, jeweler's eyepiece there. Yeah. Did you see uh, a while ago I made a Venn diagram, like a Moss Puppet Venn diagram, but I basically made it his ass? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't remember where I put that, but it was just like 
things I care, things I give a crap about and things I don't or something. And it was basically his, his anus was the overlap. (laughs) (laughs) You have really explored literally every aspect of his body. How's your iPhone? I really like it. The only thing I don't like is the Hey Siri doesn't seem to work that well. I don't know if it's a microphone or whatever. If there's even mm. the, the smallest amount of ambient noise, I have to have my mouth like basically like that'd be like basically French kissing the microphone oh, nice. for it to pick up the Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but other than that, it's great. Uh, it's it's um, I do not have the buyer's remorse. The live photos thing is just really sweet because I have a picture of Galen. <laughs> And um, so I have – it's just him. He's smiling and then he kind of babbled at the camera. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little loop. I have no earthly idea why these live photos don't loop like animated GIFs or Vine videos. Like it just yeah, gets to the I? end and it stops. No, it doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't. It just stops. That's what like, makes why? them Harry Potter pictures then. Yeah, but they're supposed to loop. Harry Potter is looped. That's thought. what I'm saying. That's what you need. You need to go that extra yeah. step. And, yeah. Uh, how about the uh, 3D Touch? It's okay. I mean, I honestly like ninety nine percent of my use of it right now is to activate the cover or the lock screen photo mm-hmm. of Galen. Mm-hmm. When I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Um, I am not using it to launch app functionalities yet, but there aren't that many things that I need to do with it. Yeah. Like, I, um, the, it is kind of cool to activate the um, the multitask thing, but it's actually the same speed if not very slightly slower than just hitting the double tap and that's still my muscle memory or the mm, home yeah, twice yeah, you yeah. hit the home twice to get things. so it's like but, but, I'm like oh I should have used the other thing because you're like am I right on the edge yeah, <laughs> and am I pressing weird. hard enough on the edge so it's a little it's a little um, uh, a little inconsistent there but that's just I guess muscle memory or whatever uh, but the phone is very fast yeah. it's very pretty How, how's the uh, screen size difference because you're coming from the 5S it's good well, Maddie has a six, so I'm I'm aware oh, okay. of the six. Right. Uh, I don't really use the six much, but I don't have a case for it yet. So Galen has not uh, not held it even once. Good call. <laughs> uh, I, I don't let my it. kids hold my Note Five. I just I, just not going to well, happen. Yeah, I've got a, a Survivor case or something from my iPad. Maddie's got her iPhone in an OtterBox, and he runs around with it all the time. And it's actually the OtterBox is starting to chip a bit, <laughs> but the phone is fine. Um, <laughs> keep my little monsters away from my phone. But no, it's it's actually it's no, but it's good because it would have broken the he would have broken the phone probably like four yeah, times or yeah. um, so I'm gonna get like a, a case like that. Uh, I just I was actually in the store today, but he was I was with him because Maddie's sick today, so I sort of had him ah. and um, and he was just past his nap time, and so he just wanted to get down to run away, and he just started wailing in the middle of the store, and I was like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go home now. I could never. Um, I worked at the Apple Store, and I could never bring my kids in there for more than five seconds. I thought they'd be really into it. They think it was really cool, all the cool lights and gadgets and things. And all they ever did was like collapse on the floor and fight. That was pretty much it. <laughs> like, oh, just good impression. Thanks, guys. Yeah, um, but no, it, it's the phone is very fast. It's very, it's cool. I'm, I like the screen size uh, because I've always or long thought the iPhone previous sizes were just too small because yeah. I'm not a midget. Um, <laughs> Which is not a shot at you, by the way. No, no, no. But as as a you know almost midget, um, I have big I, hands too. I have very long fingers. I have so very tiny I, hands. I'll I'll pick up my wife's five C and I'll be like, oh, I kind of miss this. This is kind of nice little capsule of a phone. Maddie would still prefer like the original Apple size, iPhone size. Yeah, she says something. I don't know if she actually would at this it's point. It's nice. It's 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 a nice, especially you know I I've, I I've moved to big phones, but sometimes just having something that just you know, rests in the palm of your hand and is barely there is is very convenient. It's it's a it's a nice thing to have, and it makes me think that that might be kind of why 
folks are moving to the smart watches because having a, just a little screen just to get things done very quickly, I can kind of get that. Well, see, it's funny because I actually feel less frustrated using this than my previous iPhones because I just find that window to be too small and like frustrating. I agree. Small. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a why I physical to the big frustration. One. Yeah. So the idea, I mean, that's why I don't. I think the Apple Watch makes any sense. Mm. It's like, but you you have a bigger screen. What the? Why are you using a tiny screen? Why don't you just tape up ninety percent of your damn phone, and then you have the same experience as using a watch? Oh, I totally um, agree. I totally agree. But my only and, thing was that it's just kind of I don't know. There's something cute about having the little one. Like in an ideal world, I'd have both sizes because I'm addicted to phones. Uh, I'd have a little phone and a big phone, you know, because there's just something kind of nice about having something small and barely there. Yeah, I actually saw someone reposted an old patent filing, I think, from Apple where there's like a ring with a screen on it. Yeah, like, I've seen that, yeah. And it's like, that's even dumber. That'd be a terrible idea. I mean, maybe if it was like a fingerprint scanner and it'd be like some sort of Bluetooth thing that would like open something or like yeah. open a door and you wop or something. Sure. Um, or fire off a cyanide capsule or something. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, uh, now yeah. I do think that what... And, and, you know, watches could be this or even a ring could be this, where I, I do kind of get the idea of having just a local computer that's yours on you mm -hmm. and that projects itself to whatever device you want to use. So if you want a big screen or a little screen, uh, you know, you pick up the device you need. But the core of, like, your data, your identity, payment stuff exists perhaps on something like a watch or a ring or something like that yeah but i mean that's what apple sees the iphone as being right like i sure. mean the watch is yep. still a satellite device for the phone um but so i wonder if that could flip i wonder if the if the satellite device becomes the phone because it's just one screen among uh, many i don't where... know but then well maybe but you're always going to be able to fit much more processor in something the size of a, a phone oh, yeah. than something the size of a watch so it's like why you have a pocket but there might be diminishing returns, but, uh, you know, as as uh, processing yeah, maybe, power maybe increases, point, yeah. it, like, there's no point in having everything that you could fit into a larger thing. All you need is what you can fit into the ring, for example. Um, I don't know. I'm spec. This is sci fi now. We're in sci fi. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some limit of uh, physics that we haven't approached that will make that more comparable. I don't know. No, no, no. We're all going to become gods. It's going to be great. Okay, so here's what I was thinking about lately. Um, there's a lot of, uh, obviously there's a lot of consternation about things like ad blockers and the value of uh, individual uh, websites. And, you know, it is no mystery that there is a, an overabundance of general reportage on any given topic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, a news event occurs and there's, 3,000 different takes on it. Uh, the Pope had uh, journalists, like what was it, 8,000 journalists uh, accredited to follow him, you know, on this. Of course, they couldn't track down his visit with Kim Davis, but yeah. uh, beyond that. I feel like, I feel like, this is a brief aside of the Pope. Yeah. I feel like he's like the royal family and fuck off, stop paying attention to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no one should give a shit about him who isn't a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. That's, but, I, however, <laughs> there it was. Um, but anyway, so, you know, so he does something and then there's, uh, you know, 8,000 identical articles about it, right? So that, it got me to thinking about, you know, and I'm not the first to think about this, obviously, but just, you know, do, what good are we serving by having uh, all these different people who are serving as, quote, journalists? And this is the, uh, before we even get to, like, 
people who are just doing punditry or opinion blogging or something like that, like just people who are reporting on it. Mm-hmm. At what point does it become kind of pointless, you know, to, to have, uh, you know, a presidential candidate followed around by hundreds of reporters who are more or less going to report the same thing, you know, uh, day oh, in, so you day mean, out? You mean in that specific actually reporting, not just talking about the reporting, but like actually like the press corps kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. It's, it just okay. and, and yeah. also and also in the broader view, just, you know, are, are we now employing uh uh, employing is not the right word, but are are there now too many outlets? Are there now too many people all saying the same thing? And it, it just kind of reminds me of the situation that I feel like uh, most of the humanities are in. So if you wanted a job in acting or in dance or something like that, uh, there are so many more people who want to do it for a living than there are actual opportunities to do it. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, of course, that Anybody can serve as a journalist, even if they're not getting paid for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just I, I guess my question right now is, are there too many journalists? Are there too many outlets all doing the same thing? I feel like the answer is, is yes. But um, I, I say know, that not knowing what the what the not, I guess solution isn't the word. It's not like it's a crisis or anything, but I'm not sure what would be the ideal thing to do instead. It kind of actually you're making me think of two things. One yeah. is uh, the point I was making uh, with the Yanako episode about microaggressions, mm-hmm. where there's no reasonable way, like everyone should be able to make their opinion, but then the, the sort of aggregate is kind of unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is if you filter out journalists or quote unquote journalists and iOS developers from the purchases of like say the Apple watch, mm-hmm. how many were actual customers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, because half of the people within tech related journalism, I have to imagine not half, but probably an appreciable percentage are doing it because they want to have a write off and they can justify uh, buying a phone because they can say, well, I have a blog, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they didn't, then they wouldn't be able to afford it. Mm. And so how many, you know, the Apple Watch is like, well, we sold two million of these. Like, yeah, how many hundreds of thousands of the iOS developers bought one or more of those watches to build devices on? Like, if you right. don't count that number, how many people actually care? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you filter out, like, the, yeah, the, the journalism, it's like there's some of that. Some of that is just people um, presumably going to be like, you know, the people following Trump. You're going to want to have your reputable newspaper. You're still going to want to be following the Trump or the Pope or whatever. Yeah. So you're still going to have an overwhelming number of people there. But then there's going to be that larger number of people who want to be a journalist or put a blog post up and say, I'm published. Um, and those people suck. Yeah. Even you know, if they write, oh, sorry, go ahead, if they write really well. No, no. I was like, even if they write really well. Yeah. And, that, and I, that's, that's actually it right there. It's like what is the value that each of these individual people – uh, what what value are they giving to this? You know, Jeff Jarvis mm-hmm. talks about this all the time, and uh, and he doesn't have the answer either. Um, I really appreciate and uh, embrace how uh, the internet has enabled so many people to participate in this kind of thing and to do opinion and to do reporting, and for it to be uh, easy and sometimes relatively free for folks to uh, engage in this kind of thing. But then the but question, do they have to do it? <laughs> yeah, why are you doing it? Like, if if you're not yeah. a, if you're not adding a particular kind of value to this, why is this there now? And I'm ta- I'm talking in in terms of uh, why for the good of the public is this there? I mean, I know why every single yeah. news outlet sends a reporter because they have to have their 
they have to have their take and they have to sell their ads against it. I, I understand that. But what is there yeah. a way that this mass of humanity that all reports, you know, if there's 7000 journalists inside the Apple arena, you know, when they're unveiling the iPhone, uh, is there a way that, that we can get more value out of the fact there's so much humanity there? But or are we just kind of doomed to the same kind of regurgitations of the same thing over and over again? It's just a matter of which website's banner it happens to be under, you know? Um, I'm going to say yes to the last point. But I mean, it also um, like when they have, you know, like an Apple event or whatever, and they have like all the live blogs. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very good question. Of why are you doing that? Having a live blog, especially when Apple's not streaming them. But um and, but they, of course, they have a blog and they're still going to get people who aren't going to have the ability to watch video at work mm-hmm. or whatever and they'll check mm-hmm. the thing. Um, so that makes – it technically makes sense. But it's yeah. like why, why are you doing that? You, you know, in, in to... some situations in politics, you'll have what – they have the, the pool reporters. So they'll, yeah. they'll send one person in who reports and gives their – and gives their – gives the information to everybody. So they'll like, they'll, I don't know how they pick, but say the ABC reporter is the person in the room. When something happens, they report back, they give their information to everybody in the pool. So all the, all the networks and all the outlets all have the same, they're all working off the same information. Um, but they're still all regurgitating the same news. They're all telling us the same thing. Uh, well, I, I mean, I could also, I suppose you could look at it like right now that as an industry is probably on the verge of becoming entirely commoditized. Um, oh yeah, and having and having their own person phrasing it a little differently, right? Like yeah. I mean, Renee Ritchie with iMore seems to be fairly popular. Um, it doesn't sound to me. I don't actually really read it, but just listening to him on Micro Weekly, it's like he certainly sounds knowledgeable. But I could find a hundred people who are knowledgeable. Sure. About the subject and who have similar kind of things, but it's like his specific personality or character or whatever is a differentiator. Um, so That's I presume that the, yeah, the benefit of of like say the Washington Post sending someone in not relying on a pool is like, well, our guy's going to say it a little different or something like that. Right. Um, that doesn't really solve the problem or answer the question, but um, if if everyone's relying on like an AP feed. Um, associated press feed mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who doesn't know that that is, but uh, like a newswire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Then they're literally just regurgitating the same thing. And why go to any source, you know? But if it's like, oh, here's a funny guy, or here's a really clever guy, or here's a guy who has a or woman, but I mean, guy, and I guess hetero, whatever. But <laughs> damn it, my biases. It's okay. Um, it's okay. You know. It, it, oh, but you know, then if you have. Um, you have someone who's going to say it a little differently, then that sets you apart, um, which I guess triggers another race to the bottom, perhaps, probably. But. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. You need to if, – if the information is commoditized, then then that's exactly it. It needs to be about the relationship with the person delivering it. And, yeah. Uh, and I guess that's where the value is in some cases. I mean uh, th- this doesn't even get into things of, that are of, of, of local interest because, you know, uh, for all the people who are covering the Apple event and the Pope, there's relatively few people to zero <laughs> people covering things like local school boards and, and city halls and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and I have I have read my local paper, which for some reason is called the Aurelia Packet and Times. Wow. I'm, I have no f- – apparently it was the, the Packet and the Times and they – joined at some point and now they're the packet in times horrible horribly written like paper mm-hmm. like weird typos weird sentence structures and stuff and i was just like ah 
I should just go in and say, I'll fix your paper. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it, that's the thing. It would never even occur to me to even pick up the like the hyper local paper, you know, the one that gets they, thrown they, into they our driveway. They deliver it for free. Right, for exactly. Reason. And I, uh, it goes right into the recycling bin, you know, because I know I'm never going to read it. Oh, but flash. maybe that's, that, that's a problem, right? Maybe that's yeah. – I need to uh, at least give it a chance, right? And um, <laughs> Be the change, Paul. Right? Well, change. I mean, you know uh, – if if I'm going to complain or I don't know if I'm complaining, but if I'm going to wonder out loud about. Can I tell you something? Yes. This, the whole show is complaining. That well, is, I think, the premise of the show, actually, is we're complaining for an hour to an hour and a Come see, come stop. But so maybe that's what I need to do first. I need to, like, see what the state of at least where I am, see what the local reporting is all about and what's happening on on that end because they're that i mean that's like legitimately relevant right whereas hmm. uh the nine thousandth version of here's what apple released today uh is not and while i you know i think someone like renee ritchie writing about it will give you know a, a particular take that you know i think he's earned his niche um you know sure. and that's and that's a side and, of whether yeah. or not you like his particular take i think he's earned his niche for for what he does but for you know every tech this dot net you know, over and over again, uh, giving us the same stuff. Uh, there, it, there doesn't seem to be any, any value in that. And I don't know, I guess, I, I don't know if that's a complaint, but I just kind of wonder. Well, it's a, it's the double-edged sword, right? Like on the one hand, it, uh, the sort of the, the online world we live in allows the servicing of, of all these people you wouldn't have had the exposure to and gives them the ability to expose themselves more in, I guess, both legitimate and, um, naughty fashions, but speaking <laughs> But the problem with that is most of those people suck. Yeah. And and you probably wouldn't be saying, do we have too much journalism if all of the journalism, even the repetitive journalism, was good. Mm. Right? Okay. So like just but like I mean, just like when you I, go if you're flipping through the pre-internet when everything was just was just cable and you're like wow ninety nine percent of these shows are terrible right um, yeah because that's always how it's going to be but uh, sure. I don't know but something about something about uh, I guess I guess I'm hung up on the idea that uh, we have this force here of the internet that 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 allows us to do eight thousand unique takes if uh, mm. if we so choose to. But I guess we're we're just not doing that. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's a complaint or just kind of a big question I have about what what aren't we doing that we could do with all of this brain power being directed toward this thing called journalism, or reporting, or blogging, and that. That isn't yet being done. Like, could we use these 8,000 people following the Pope to do something really meaningful? Or is it really just going to be the same thing over so, and over again? So is this basically a long-form way of your saying in regards to journalism, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't X. Yes. Like, we should say, look, too many people are talking about the Pope. So we're going to get you to go to, like, Uganda or talk about something. We're going to get you to go down to Main Street. And just talk. So, like, we should be... Having some overarching control system that prevents people from too many people from talking about uh, one topic and and redirects them and assigns them stuff maybe yeah you know and I and I can I can see you're right and and I and I see the hole that I'm I'm digging for myself here because <laughs> because no one's going to pay for that right no one's going to no, no one's no going to pay for the Uganda reporting you know it's not going to no. happen unless uh, you're vice. So, well, Vice will do it, but in Vice will yeah, have an edgy video. And, and that, but, you know, bless them for doing that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, but they uh, still find – they Vice still finds scandalous stuff. Like they still find course. a very specifically scandalous kind of thing to talk about that's shocking and all these things. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to hold um, them up as an ideal, but at least they're there. They're At least they're in these places yeah. that maybe aren't otherwise getting reported on. Yeah. Go ahead. 
And I, I was just saying, and and to the to the, the money point is like, yeah, eight thousand people might be writing about the Pope, but you can be pretty pretty assured that you're going to get at least a fair number of hits if you're also writing about the Pope or if right. you're also covering the Apple launch. And so, yeah, yeah so there's that sort of economics. Um, so basically. This problem would be solved as you're describing it if we were fundamentally different as a species. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, what, you know, some people talk about having a publicly supported uh, news media, you know, one that's like the, like the Beeb. Sure. Like the Beeb. Um, you know, I used to when I was an actor, I used to long for the idea of a national theater like or a works mm-hmm. project kind of the thing where, you know, theater is a cultural good. You know, I really do believe that it makes us better people when we see good theater um, or any kind of good art. And uh, that's worth the investment by the government and our tax dollars to go and, and fund that kind of thing, which would make more jobs for actors, which would make more which would have made it more likely for me to be able to live off that career, et cetera, et cetera. And then as I left acting, I felt more like, you know, there's so many people doing it, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's, let's do less of it. It's not that important. Um, so, Because it didn't affect you personally anymore. Well, so to well, help, well to exactly. Help exactly. When it stopped being, when I stopped yeah. having a personal investment in it, I began to see it as, and, and now that I'm saying it out loud, now I'm once again reversing my position. I think. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, I began buddy. to see it as, as a little bit more frivolous. And, and you know, uh, I, I, more to the point of there's too many people trying to do this. There's too many people trying to make a living at it. It's ridiculous. Uh, let's let's put our efforts towards something else. All you people who want to be actors, there's like 5% of you who are any good. Please go do something else that will help us more. Um, so, I don't know. I'm I'm an, I'm a cranky old man. <laughs> no, it, well, no, but I mean, it's, it's it's I don't. I hear myself talking, and I'm like, shut up. I think it's a, probably an insoluble problem, but it's also a problem that you know certainly talking about isn't a bad thing no, no, because no. it's that sort of um, like you said. I think you phrased it nicely uh, in the middle of that crankiness mm-hmm. when you're basically like, how do we put all of these brains, specifically referring to journalism, how do we put all this brain power yeah. to a better use? I guess that's what I'm hung up on. Because yeah. it feels like a waste. I feel like um, maybe we should have like Clay Shirky on because um, mm. I think he would probably have good opinions about that. Clay Shirky, I know you're listening. Um, come on the show. Um, please. <laughs> please come on the show. And also Renee Ritchie, if you're listening. Love to have you. I, you know, it would be an interesting conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> totally be an interesting conversation. Oh, um, as a part that maybe is, well, I guess it doesn't matter if it's cut or not, but uh, Maddie um, uh, works for Jim Harold, the paranormal podcast guy, ah. uh, Campfire and everything. And she had said, oh, so if you want him to come on the show, I could get him on the show. And I, I for a while, I was trying to think of what we would even talk about because he's you know he's a fairly ardent ghost believer because he uh-huh. has a bunch of shows he's a super super sweet guy yeah sure. i've never really interacted with him but I've, I've i've seen stuff he's written and i've heard him like him and maddie have conversations he's a very nice guy so he's like he's like um, the opposite of everything that i work for in my day job <laughs> um i guess yeah and so i was trying to think of like what would be a way we could have him on the show because he's got a reasonable following not like massive he used to do a show with clayton morris actually his podcast no used kidding to be. yeah yeah yeah. he knows he's friends with clayton morris um wow. Yeah, they used, they used to do this, like, the podcast was, like, one of the podcasts they did was just talking about ghosts. Oh, uh, shit. Really? Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, Maddie has interacted with Clayton Morris a few times. Um, He's charming. kind of cool, I guess. He's charming. He seems to be, uh, if I talked to him, I'd be like, dude, do you mean most of what you say on Fox and Friends? That's you the just, thing. That's all I want to ask him about. Or, it's like, you're not really like that, are you? Is it just wrestling? It's just wrestling, right? I hope it's just wrestling. Uh, I hope that too. And I love Natalie Morris. She's so great. 
when she's on Twit and stuff. I love her. Yeah. And yeah, I I, I, I don't like, want to think they're seems... Fox people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I but but I had the thought on what uh, if we had Jim Harold on, um, and, and it was sort of like what what could we talk about with Jim Harold? Because like not, that wouldn't be us saying like Jim, come on, bubble yeah. <laughs> uh, the fuck, dude. <laughs> you know, would just be like so. My question is. You know, if, before you even assume that ghosts exist, like you, there's no operational definition of what a ghost is. So how mm-hmm. would you arrive at an operational definition of what a ghost is? And if you then have something like that, what would be a way to actually determine it? Like what would what would if ghosts exist? What else would you expect to exist? Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if 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 people are psychic and they can read thoughts, then we should presumably be able to um, like transcribe those thoughts we should be able to save that we should be able to replicate it we should be able to jam telepathy we should be able to say like you know what we don't even need headphones anymore because iphone 8 is going to use telepathy to beam the music right into your head right you know like all of these things should should exist and and converse the only thing i've thought of so far with jim jim harold is like a conversation like that yeah Um, well that's actually not bad you know like that could be productive yeah because it wouldn't have to be combative it would just be like no that's what i mean i wouldn't want to be combative yeah what Um, like in other words what is your thinking like like uh, explain to us the fundamentals of this thing that you believe exists and I don't think most people do that because no. you say, well, there's, there's something I heard it creaking. So it's a ghost. It's a ghost. What are you talking about? But like right. if you didn't already believe in ghosts and you wanted to sort of investigate it, how that's would you good. do that? I think that's a good um, idea. That could be fun. Yeah. I think it would require some work on our part beforehand, which worries me. <laughs> You're like, okay, Paul, I'll never remember before we call him. Be nice. And then you would say the same thing to me and we well, do we that. Have to, like, be prepare. This would be like an interview, right? This would not be just a shoot in the shit thing. This would be like we no, have to no, come up be... with the, the, the structure. Yeah, that would be a different thing. I'd be more And that's involved. fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um yeah. but we'd have to put in the effort, you know, and we're not good at that. <laughs> well we should probably wrap this bastard up. I agree. I agree. We've solved nothing, but uh, <laughs> uh we we have established problems. We've um, established- and that- and that is, look, that is a legitimate step to possibly solving them. You can't get anywhere we, until you define what the problem is. And exactly I think I right. may have exactly loosely right. defined a pseudo problem about there being a lot of people writing about the Pope. So this has been episode 13 of the show that we're still calling Thinkery. Yeah. Not that we're going to change fun, the name of it. This I think a that's fun the one. name. I like this one. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like I got a little in the reeds talking about Darth Vader, but. No, that's good. That's good. Still, yeah. Who doesn't um, like Darth Vader? Well, right? I don't think we like geeked out like that in a little bit. I think we've actually been a little not focused, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a kind of tangent that we when we were for, when we did our prototype show, yeah. we had like kind of some nice tangents that I don't think we got to that much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was tangent crazy. Yeah. Um but I like the tangents. I do too. I live in the tangents. You know um, what you know what? We're less used to it because of the guest episodes, I think. Uh kind of kept us more on point than we usually are. So on on oh, uh October fifteenth should theoretically be an almost entirely tangential show uh-huh. because that will be theoretically when we have John Champion on yeah. um, one half of the Mission Log podcast and where I've actually for the first – I mean we've only had th- he'll only be the third guest. But the first time I'm saying specifically ahead of time what I think the topic would be mm-hmm. and what would Star Trek be if it was created today. Great. And awesome. I think that would be – I think that would be a big – a big kind of thing that will sort of go off and that's gonna why be so would there fun. only be one federation there should be many competing federations oh my god that's um, cool yeah and, and oh, I can't uh, wait. so yeah hopefully hopefully <laughs> uh and then we have to figure out the timing if we're gonna do we talked off camera 
or off mic, off mic, about you eating bugs for like the Halloween episode. Right. But yeah. considering we do it like two weeks ahead of time, um, we would have to, I think, the episode, oh, um, right, 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 right. either that, the 15th, is the episode with John Champion, either that episode or the very next episode in order for it to be out around Halloween. Yeah, and you know, if, and if, uh, you know, I, I can edit quickly if we, if like we record yeah. it right before. And so, and then, yeah, and so Dr. Kiki might be on either the 22nd or the 29th. Okay. I'm waiting to hear back. So uh, worst case is we either just like you eat bugs with, and the guest doesn't know what the hell you go, was going on, or I can try to get Maddie to make enough cookies to send to like, Two people. <laughs> well, or or but, it could be. We have to time the sending of the food. Yeah, that's all. or it could just be a very quick thing. It could be like a five minute yeah, thing yeah. at the beginning of the end of the show, and then I react to eating bugs. By the way, should we not have the discussion of uh, who these guests are uh, in the show? Or is, I mean, champions confirmed. Champion is confirmed, as far as I'm aware. Uh, Doctor Kiki is. Um, hope she's agreed. Penciled. We're just figuring, yeah. pointing out a date, uh, okay. picking it. She just emailed me today, so so. Um, yeah, I mean, if it falls through, it falls through. But at present, we have two more guests lined up. Okay. Um, I think we've established awesome. our guest cred at this point that if something <laughs> falls through, people aren't going to be like, these guys are flakes. It's not necessarily, but entirely possibly, our fault. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this was number 13. It was. Uh, and uh, I hope the extra 40 or 50 of you who have uh, came on post Anatco aren't uh, regretting it. Well, they would have uh, already listened to last week's episode, so they may already feel regrets. Yeah, but... But this could be the one that's like, I'll another give another one chance. was okay, but this is, if this doesn't improve, I'm just not going to listen past this episode. <laughs> the, 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 um, the, we've lost them, then that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe the Schwarzenegger voice thing and yeah. the Vader. Yeah, that was gold. Um, I just, it's one of those sort of like roads not taken kind of thing that I find, you know, I like quite that. interesting. Yeah, I like that. Um, assuming I'm not talking entirely out of my ass, which yeah. is possible. Um, Podcasting, there it is. <laughs> yeah the whole show yeah um when you're saying oh do people even you know do they have something to say contribute and it's like wasn't that the conversation we had before we even decided to make this is we're like i don't know if we have anything to say yeah um, <laughs> yeah but you know what uh, i've but I, i've i've said this before when i think it during the swoopy episode i think that we uh are are two very particular personalities that mm-hmm. uh that that have earned a niche, that have earned a spot, put it that way. Sure. Uh, I just hope uh, also people um, hear it, hear the niche. Yeah. <laughs> Experience good. the niche yeah, that yeah, is yeah. us. Um, I also don't want to start chasing that. You know, like I want more people because that's a nice marker for success, but I also don't want to be like every week going, oh, we're only up, you know, X. And that's no yeah, good. And, uh, but I think if we were chasing that, we'd be doing something different. You know, we it yeah. would be a different show, frankly. Yeah. And also, I just I'm 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 enjoying the conversation. Even me too. If, like no one else was listening. So exactly. Yeah, uh, me too. This is the only socialization I do. <laughs> Pretty well, me too. Long distance virtual hugs. Um, <laughs> and bugs. And bu- and bugs. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm Brian Hug. And uh, Paul, uh, where where can people find you, you online? Find if anyone's still listening to if this, if you are still listening, please find me on the internet at immortal i m o r t a l dot c o or on Twitter at, at Paul Fidalgo. Uh, so please find me. I don't know where <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm lost on the internet. <laughs> there are just cats everywhere. Oh, oh and uh, and I just had a today. It's, it's going to be two weeks old by the time people hear this. But I just ha- uh, had a piece at CNN published today at CNN. Yes, that's so awesome. By the way, thank you very much. Good. So go go find uh, that. Stuck it. Paul sticks it to the Pope. Gives him what for? Get it, Pope. Because you know what you need? More people writing about the Pope. 
Well, uh, to be fair, most people aren't writing from this specific angle of what about what about atheist asshole? Like that's definitely not. That's definitely not. And should I? I I don't want to give too much away, but the my editor at CNN, the guy who uh, who's who's my uh, connection there, uh, I had a I think a more let's say a kinder version and he really wanted me to cut to the chase get to the meat of it you nice. know and uh, and i was like oh okay yeah yeah let's get him so that was good that was, also, <laughs> that was helpful how, how cool how cool was it when you just said my editor at cnn a moment ago that must well, have yeah yeah cool. and you know <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with cnn see what i'm saying is i've already outgrown uh this podcast and i'm moving on oh, to yeah. other things i'm gonna yeah the joke is you were like brian why would brian want to do something with me i'm like why would paul do something with me i don't i don't understand yeah and it um, keeps going like that <laughs> um, where can they find you well uh sometimes on the twitter dot boom also a moss puppet um i i almost have um trumped up book set up you can actually if you go there right now you can sign up for the mailing list. Oh, good. Um, but I have, because I have a version of the site uh, up, I will hopefully in, I want to say a week, but probably a couple, uh, hopefully have the first chapter up, uh, depending on how quickly I can do that. Um, so I'm going to start the one chapter for free at a time kind of thing and see how that goes. Since Trump is not going anywhere. Yeah, well, you got to put the link in the uh, in the show well, show notes, whatever they the are. Show notes, yeah. TrumpedUpBook.com, folks. TrumpedUpBook.com. Um, and then, yeah, top of it, that's it. I think that's it. So, you know, as outros go, this might actually be relatively, not one of our shortest, but not hideous. Yeah, so I would say the cleanest. <laughs> well, up until this point, when we stopped to discuss it. 